Gary and Gilroy writes, hey, 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 hey. He did actually <coughs> write, hey, hey. hey. <laughs> I'm trying to find the right hey, hey here. Hey, hey, I just re- oh, God, this is terrible. Travel back in time to the 80s, reliving the laughter. <laughs> the heroes. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Go Ghostbusters. And the honesty. What's up, Norm? My nipples. It's freezing out there. Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Sure, it's not 1985 right now, but who knows what tomorrow will bring. Hey, welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your buddy, Steve Spears. And B-Rad. And we're here today for a special Mother's Day show as we honor the movie and TV moms of the 80s. Oh, by the way, your mom called. Yeah? The dog died. Joining us today to talk about mothers, she's a real mother herself it's jen with one n oh i see what you did there hello hello to all the moms and to all the people who were born from moms oh it covers all inclusive of you yeah that's everybody yeah it's just in (laughs) (laughs) we should go uh we should tell people this is actually jen's idea for a show uh she contacted us last week and asked you guys doing a mother's day show and i'm like uh mother's day so if you like it if you like the idea, we greenlit it. If you hate it, it was hers. Yeah, I, I, I will take either credit or blame. It, it's one of those things where, like, when you can't fall asleep at night, and I'm thinking to myself, I wonder who my favorite mom of the '80s would would be. And and then that truly, that's what, how this came. <laughs> this idea came to be. The idea didn't come first, like me musing in the dark about who would I want if I had a TV mom from the '80s. Like that's where that idea came from. So I hope Thank it's you, fun. Insomnia. I think it will be. Yeah. No, no, I, I meant it. I meant it as a That's nice a comment idea. because you really, if until you had mentioned that, I had forgotten to buy a card and everything. So, well, you're welcome. So you did me a favor, and hopefully, well, by the time you uh, people hear this show, it will be too late. You'll have to drive your card over to your mom. So mm, that's true. Bring her an egg sandwich or something. <laughs> yeah. Egg sandwich? I don't know if it's morning. <laughs> if oh, it's okay, yeah, I see, I see where you're going there. Her. Okay. Yeah. How early do you think we post these shows on Sunday? <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe, maybe time for a Bloody some... Mary. There you go. There, that's that's so, probably the better option. Right. Except for my mom doesn't drink. Except well, for... You can uh, have one. <laughs> I can have one. Yeah, that's it. So here's the concept. It's a high concept. Uh, we are each going to disclose a favorite movie mom and a favorite TV mom. And at the end of the show, we're going to spin a little tale about our real moms. Hopefully, we've buried that deep enough in the show that our actual moms won't listen to the full show and hear the stories we tell about them. Everyone catch on? Yeah. And my mom won't listen to it because she doesn't really know what a podcast is. That's perfect. That's the best thing about podcasts. Moms don't really understand what they are. Mom invisible. Yes. Exactly. Hey, Brad, why don't you get things started? Tell us about your favorite uh, moms of the 80s. So, my movie mom is Jenny Meyer from Better Off Dead as 
portrayed by Kim Darby. I think we're all going to enjoy this little treat. I got the recipe from the ladies' home journal. The mail got wet in the rain, so some of the pages ran together. But what I couldn't read, I just improvised with my own little creative ideas. You see, it's got uh, raisins in it. You like raisins. This is, it's kind of a, it's a character that is a fairly tropey, you know, staple of teen comedies, right? The parents are a little out of touch. For for Father's Day, maybe I'll use the dad character, David Ogden Steers, but... um, I just, I, she's just great. She's just this upbeat and just coming in at life from this very wacky place. Like we've talked about the buying the TV dinners as Christmas presents because you like the brownie in this one and you know, the jacket that's real aardvark fur and just the, the French fries and French dressing. And she's trying so hard, you know, and she just is trying to take care of her family. It's just this kind of lovable goofiness about her. For real, though, who doesn't say French fries and French dressing in there? Well, now every, I like, say it every time. All yeah. the time. And every to time. drink Peru. <laughs> the the favorite part for me is when she leaves the post-it note on uh, Cusack's forehead when he falls asleep telling him to go get cat food. That is pretty good. And the thing that blew my mind was, you remember a few years ago, the, the remake of True Grit that was out? Yeah. Which I loved, and I realized I'd never seen the original. She's the little girl in the original. Get out. What? Yeah. She's I, badass. Wow. I had no idea. Yeah. No idea. That makes me want to watch the original. I know. I know, right? More so than the remake. Okay, well, that's a pretty badass mom. Jen, can you top uh, Kim Darby in Better Off Dead? This is a different kind of mom, and I, just, I, I know we don't have tons of time, but I just wanted to say I was going to pick... Someone else, because my favorite movie of all time since I was 10 and it first came out is Terms of Endearment. Uh. And the mom that Deborah Winger plays in that movie is so realistic to me. And like, I, I don't know if anyone, have you guys seen Terms of Endearment? I've oh, seen sure. it. Yeah. It's so, been a long time, but I've seen it. Yeah. Emma is her name. She's got a couple of kids. And there's this one part where they're like trying to interrupt her. And she says, over by the car, honey. And he keeps over interrupting, over by the car, honey, over by the car, honey. And by the end of the conversation, quote unquote, she's yelling at him, over by the car, now, now, now. And you're like, <laughs> and that's exactly how it would go down. Yeah, And then she says, um, we're both grown through a phase. And then John Lithgow says, you're so good with them. <laughs> but, but I just... <laughs> But in terms of like real moms, like I have done that before. Not those exact words, but the the same like posture and yelling. <laughs> like that's yeah. sort of what mom momming is about. Sometimes, anyway, I didn't pick her, but I wanted to mention it because I just love the realism in that movie. Um, so on the other side of the coin is a movie like say Poltergeist, and so I picked <laughs> Diane Freeling, who was Caroline's mom in Poltergeist, um, played Ooh. by Jo Beth Williams. Because she's just a cool mom. <laughs> she's just like really fun, but obviously really loves her family. And the real reason I chose Diane Freeling is that one scene, like after, um, I can't remember her name, Edwina, possibly. Anyway, the, the house is clean and there's mm-hmm. no more poltergeists in it, supposedly. And they stay anyway, which I never would have done. But anyway, they're, <laughs> they're every, everyone's like in their homes and everything's fine again. And Diane Freeling is in the bathroom. Um, and I didn't know this at the time, but when I rewatched it as an adult, I, I totally zeroed in on it. But she's dying her gray hair again um, or she, <laughs> because she had that gray streak from, you know, 
passing through to the other side or whatever it was. Exactly. So she's dyeing her hair and then she realizes something's going on and Carol Ann's in danger. So she goes out and she's in like a t-shirt and is at the top of the hall. And then it's got that Jaws scene where she looks like she's coming forward, but it looks like the hallway is receding at the same time. I mean, it's a really Mm -hmm. cool shot. And then all of a sudden the hallway looks like five miles long and she, but she starts running and running to go save her daughter from the poltergeist. And, uh, and it's just a, such a kick-ass scene. And she's so like strong in it, but she's also very funny. Like there's tons of great scenes with Craig T. Nelson where they're just really like a funny couple together. You know, you know, once I slept walked four blocks and I, I fell asleep in the back of this guy's car. He drove all the way to work before discovering me. Oh, God, I woke up. I started screaming. People came running from everywhere. They called the cops. The cops came. They took this poor dude downtown. (laughs) My father, Ed. Mm -hmm. Big Ed has me examined for, like, bruises and hickeys. (laughs) You name it. Oh, God, I'm so embarrassed. (laughs) That's a good choice. Uh, I thought so, too. I did text my best friend, and she said the only thing she disagreed with in terms of parenting was when Diane Freeling put a helmet on Carol Ann's head so that she could, like, be whisked across the kitchen floor by otherworldly forces. She's like... (laughs) She's like iffy about that. And I'm like, well, I mean, you know, she didn't know at the time. It seemed like kind of a cool thing. You know, but, uh, just just be safe out there, yeah, spirit I mean, world. She, wore, she put a helmet on her. I think that's great parenting. Well done. Well done. Good pick. And you actually snuck in an honorable mention, too. Um, my favorite movie, Mom, and this is an unlikely one, I'd like to think. And I, I, I had two movie moms to choose from in the same movie. The movie's Valley Girl. And so some Stuckanese fans might think, wow, he's going to say Stacy's mom. Yeah. She's got let's just say she's... Ow, uh, ow, 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 ow. <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, um, Sarah Richmond, though, um, who plays uh, Julie's mom, Deborah Foreman's mom. Sarah Richmond is played by the actress Colleen Camp. 80s fans might also know her from, as Yvette the Maid in Clue. Um, she's Kirkland in two of the Police Academy movies. Huh. Good for her. And, and a lot like um, Diane Freeling in Poltergeist, she's a cool mom. If you remember from the movie, there's the night when Julie goes out all night when she's with Randy and she comes back and it's morning. And she she kind of feels like she's going to be in some trouble, maybe grounded. And she comes in and her mom is on the floor doing like yoga, <laughs> basically upside down and d- demands to know where where Julie's been, but at the same time says, whatever you do is all right by me and your dad, so long as it doesn't hurt you or anyone else. I was out all night, but I didn't wait well, a minute. Julie, to- Julie, listen. What your father is trying to say, dear, is whatever you do is all right with us as long as it doesn't hurt you or anyone else. Right. Wait, Mom, I just... You see, we just want you to be careful and responsible. I mean, your mother and I worry about you, honey. It's, uh... It's not fair with all the creepy crawlers out there and everything. Yeah, well, I'm just going to bed. Wait a minute, Julie. You know, Julie, we were young once. Your mother still is. We understand. This isn't the age of Aquarius, you know. What did it were? God, why don't you just punish me like Stacy's parents do? Bad karma, dear. It's a a display of trust, really. Exactly. And and I think think to a certain degree that's an important quality in a mom. You have to to, to show trust, and the child must earn the trust. 
Uh, I, I'm still working on that with my own mom. I'm pretty confident <laughs> that it's going to work out. Steve, I can just hear you like De- like Deborah Foreman's character. I'm so sure, mom. I'm so sure. You know, when she's like, that's her comeback for that's why she good came invitation. in late. Not bad, I, not bad. I I actually uh, I messaged uh, Debbie Foreman today because I wanted to ask her if she had any memories of um, on set with Colleen Camp um, playing her mom in Valley Girl. Granted, it's been like thirty four years since that movie was filmed, <laughs> oh. and Debbie had just gotten back from Hollywood where she was filming an interview that'll be on the like the special features section of the Blu-ray edition of My Chauffeur, which is oh, coming nice. out soon. But she's like, no. She's like, I, she. I was so disappointed. She said, no, I actually don't. She's like, she's like, we shared so little time on set together that we never got a chance to talk or anything. So yeah, they could have shot all that in a day, and they probably sure. did. They probably but did. If you think, yeah, if you think about that character, that mom is kind of the anchor of the family. Uh, you know, the dad is kind of freaking out about stuff, and you know, Debbie Foreman's character is kind of freaking out about stuff, and she's the one who's like, it's all good, you know. It's going to be fine. Now let's move on to TV moms. Uh, Brad, who was your TV mom of the 80s? Well, my TV mom, I went right up to the very last second of the decade, and I went with Marge Simpson from The Simpsons. Could you please be quiet? Quiet, 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 get out! Again, I think she's kind of the... She holds that family together. She puts up with a lot of crazy. And the the episode that came to mind immediately, one of my favorite Simpsons episodes, and I know this strays into the 90s, so forgive me, but uh, I'm going to do it anyway. There's an episode where Marge Simpson protests against the studio that does the Itchy and Scratchy cartoons. <laughs> do you remember this one? I do remember and, that. And she wins. Uh, she basically gets them to tone down the violence, and then when they tone down the violence, basically Itchy and Scratchy are sitting in rocking chairs on their yeah. front porch. You're my best friend. And all the kids are like, what? <laughs> and they turn it off and they all go outside and there's this amazing montage of them actually playing outside, which I just thought was really, it's really well done. It's a nice piece. Um, it was pretty early in The Simpsons and it was fun to see them kind of having fun with the fact that they didn't have to worry about camera angles. You know, they could put a camera anywhere. It's animation. And Marge Simpson, she's awesome. Yeah, that's a sweet pick. I think that's a really nice pick. She just was... You know, there's so many little things, and I think this is sort of how moms are too, but as you're watching the other characters and all the crazy storylines that are happening, like she's often just like making lunch or <laughs> right, dropping someone right. off. Like, or like you you of, aggravate me to death, but I love you and I'm going to take care of you. Yeah, yeah. And she's just sort of the glue his moms often are. So Jen, who'd you pick for your TV mom? Um, I picked... I'm sorry, I'm hesitating because I actually in the same text as I was referring to earlier, texted my best friend, Lucy, and was like, who would I pick for best TV mom from the 80s? And she got it right away. My choice is Nancy Weston from 30-something. And Nancy is played by Patricia Wedig. And you you guys have watched a lot of 30-something, I'm guessing. Not a ton. Um, I have, you know, full disclosure, I've never seen a single episode. <gasps> oh, Brad. <laughs> you hurt me. <laughs> I'm just it's, telling you, it did, it did yeah. not seem pertinent at the time. I was in my 20s, so I don't care about 30-somethings. And now, well, you know, newsflash, I'm 50. So again, <laughs> screw you, 30-somethings. Yeah, no, I, um, I I watched 30-something in high school because that was the run of the so show. So aspirational. I'm so strange. Yeah, I was always like, oh, how, I wonder how it's going to be when I'm a teenager and I'm like eight or whatever watching, <laughs> whatever. 
but um, watching Valley Girl probably. But yeah, I, I chose Nancy Weston from Thirty Something because she. Um, what I loved about her is her character changed so much over the four seasons of the show. She sort of starts out actually in the show. She had a really small part. She was married to um, Elliot Weston, who was um, one of the. I guess may, it's hard to say they were the main character because it, it was such an ensemble. But she was married to Elliot. He cheats on Nancy and they wind up separating. Yes. They wind up separating and she's just her at the beginning, her identity is only mom and wife. And it's like, that's her whole um, sense of herself is wrapped up in those two things. And then as the series goes on, she starts to um, realize, you know, that she can make money from her art. So her artistic self grows and her independence grows when she separates from Elliot. And she's always an awesome mom. Like she's always really solid for the kids. And then spoiler alert, she gets cancer. Oh no. Yeah. But she, it's the show. So realistic. It sort of works through her diagnosis and then her treatment. And then second spoiler alert, she's okay. (laughs) <laughs> so this I, I know brad you're getting you're getting a lot you're getting an earful I, right I, now I, I feel like this is yeah I'm, I'm saving a lot of time here yeah so um <laughs> so anyway the, even at the end you know once she's um realized she, the cancer's gone away and she winds up oh gosh here's a third spoiler alert getting back together with elliot what? Um, through, throughout it all her character just keeps growing and growing and growing and it was such an inspiration even as <laughs> sophomore in high school to see this person like go from uh kind of meek and uh not willing to stand up to her for herself to you know just somebody who finds her own voice so so nancy weston from 30 something and i'm sneaking in another honorable mention it's my last one i swear Uh but i just wanted to shout out to the the the, i okay i'm from the west coast so i say aunt so sorry if you're an aunt person i say aunt honorable aunt mention goes to aunt jackie from Roseanne, who was just the best aunt, just the best. That's Is all. That I, I, in the eighties, I've never seen that show either. Yeah, it's not getting right at the very end. Brad, you're killing me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Ro- Ro- Roseanne was right. It went into the nineties, but uh, it started in the eighties, and she was a great aunt during the eighties. I would say that's cool. Hey, and isn't there a book coming out? I think next month on Thirty Something. There is more to come on that, but there is. I'm very excited for it. It's called 30-something turns 30. Nice. Wow. Catchy. Hoping to have the author on the podcast in the next few weeks, but we'll keep you uh, updated on that. Uh, Meanwhile, I'm going to go with the most predictable mom from television in the 80s. But I think because she's so predictable, we can't ignore her. And I speak, of course, of Claire Huxtable from The Cosby Show, played by the great uh, Felicia Rashad. Mom? Yes. I'm not going to law school. (laughs) What? I decided not to go to law school. What do you mean you decided not to go to law school? Well, this is our dream, and so I'm going to get a temporary job until the wilderness store opens, and then I'll be working side by side with my husband. Sandra, what are you saying? You have always wanted to go to law school. You've never talked about anything else. I changed my mind. Change it back. (laughs) After all the money we spent sending you to Princeton? Sandra, you owe us $79,648.22. And I want my money now. Lately, you've probably seen her on TV, on the TV series Empire. Um, She was also in the movie Creed. 
and I thought she was pretty cool for for multiple reasons. First of all, I don't think she ever resembled any mom I ever knew. No, no disparaging the disparagement meant to towards my mom or any other moms. But she she had to, she could bat for the cycle. She she was usually cool headed. I thought she was the smarter of the two parents. Um, she oh, yeah. was still um, sexy, and she even had to be a mom to Cliff Huxtable at times. And that the episode that always comes to mind is when she's trying to uh, talk him out of uh, drinking grape soda, which I guess was his big vice at the time, and trying to switch him over to club soda um, because it still had the bubbles. Mm. And um, to this day, I-, I can remember most of the episodes where you know she just kind of had that glare, that sort of like that um, seductive way of like looking at Cliff to make him do the right things as a parent and stuff like that. And I thought that was kind of cool. She had a lot of good mom looks, really good mom looks, like to to her husband to be a better parent, but also to her own kids. Like she had this really good mom look where she'd sort of lift an eyebrow. Yes. And then everybody knew like, oh, shit. Like, oh, sorry. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Like, we're in trouble. But, you know. Is that your story? (laughs) (laughs) But but as I was thinking about this this show and about Claire, I realized that uh, Michelle Obama is very Claire-like. Oh and wow! I, I, eight years, mm. I never considered that. Like eight years, it never occurred to me. But as I was thinking about this show, I was like, you know, who really reminds me of Claire Huxtable? Well dressed, a lawyer, super smart. Anyway, just thought I'd throw that in. Wow, that's amazing! I, I didn't even think of that. That's that's fantastic. What a great comparison. Yeah. Hey Jen, I want to tell you something. You've never seen Cosby Show? I've seen this show. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey, uh, before we get to the seggies, we wanted to take a quick time out and welcome a brand new sponsor to the Stuck in the 80s podcast. Yeah, it's HelloFresh, the meal kit delivery service that makes cooking more fun so you can focus on the whole experience, not just the final plate. Brad, you've been trying out their meals. How are they? You know what? They've been really good. We got a box earlier this week. Uh, it comes all packed up with the meals all in little packages so you, you, know, you have exactly what you need and nothing you don't. Um, and they're easy to put together and they've been really tasty. Uh, we had pineapple pork chops the first night and, uh, the other night we had a uh, steak and succotash. It makes mealtime really easy for busy families like ours. And, uh, I'm really glad we found them. So here's how it works. Um, each week, HelloFresh creates uh, new delicious recipes with step-by-step instructions designed to take just about 30 minutes for everyone from, uh, novices like Brad to seasoned uh, expert, uh, expertly trained chefs like myself, uh, both of whom, sadly, are short on time. HelloFresh sources the freshest ingredients measured to the exact quantities needed so there's no food waste. And here's what's really cool. HelloFresh employs two full-time registered dietitians on staff, and they review each recipe to ensure that it's nutritionally balanced. The food is delivered to your doorstep in a recyclable, insulated box for free. And even better, HelloFresh is now offering light spring meals, and they've just introduced breakfast options. I love breakfast. Give me breakfast four times a day, I say. I'm with you on that, Spiracy. <laughs> so here's the cool thing. Um, the loyal uh, friends of Stuck in 80s Nation, you guys get a very special offer. Uh, get this. Because you are a friend of Stuck in the 80s, use the promo code RADICAL30 for $30 off your first week of HelloFresh. Again, you help support the podcast and you get to try HelloFresh for free. Just go to HelloFresh.com and enter the promo code RADICAL30. So do Spearsy and I a favor and try out HelloFresh. You'll be doing yourself and your families a favor. And you'll be doing a real solid for Stuck in the 80s. So give it a try. Don't forget Radical 30 for that special deal. We really do appreciate your support. There's just one thing left to do, Spearsy. The, the Seggies. Seggies. 
Hey, hey, it's time for uh, Reader Mailbag. We've got a letter today from a uh, longtime listener who has not been listening so much lately, but says he's back and engaged in the show. I'm talking about uh, Gary in Gilroy. So, Brad, why don't you take it away? Gary in Gilroy. Gary in Gilroy writes, Hey, hey, I just reconnected with the show and I heard a new segment, 80s Obsession. I have a specific 80s obsession now. I'm an early riser for work and haven't watched the late night talk shows for years. But back in college in the late 80s, a friend of mine turned me on to David Letterman. This is when he had this late night show on NBC following Johnny Carson. I was blown away by his irreverent outside the box humor. His take on the talk show was almost roguelike. He openly mocked the network, its executives, and the parent company General Electric. When he went to CBS in 1993, he was given a huge theater and he began to get a wider audience. It was still good, but there wasn't quite the same magic to the NBC years from 82 to 93. These shows were never released to DVD or streaming services. But there is YouTube. I've recently found that many fans who recorded shows on VHS have uploaded them. I've been watching some of the great old shows. Michael Keaton promoting Gung Ho. Sam Kinison's first TV appearance. Stupid Pet Tricks. Ah, classic bliss. Still stuck in the 80s, Gary and Gilroy. Nice. I remember watching this show. Yeah, I was a big fan. I taped it. I mean, I was never allowed to stay up till 1230. Well, in college. I mean, yeah, at home, I didn't watch it. But when I was in college, actually, my neighbors in the dorm just hated it because my roommate and I would watch it and we'd be laughing. And they were like, keep it down in there, man. Even though it didn't hurt me or anyone else, I was still not allowed to stay up till 1230 to watch David Letterman. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there was one summer... Um, and I was just graduating eighth grade. So it was like 1987, I want to say. There was one summer it was during, yeah, there was, it was during, um, a writer's strike. Do you recall this at all? That mm-hmm. it was, I remember that writer's strike in the eighties. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It was like 1987. I'm thinking, and it was magical because they had, this show was like even looser than usual yeah. um, because it was like a, you know, a skeleton crew working on it and they would have these like bizarro stretches of time where they like didn't really have a, a bit it was more like sctv yeah. than a network just kind of improv more improv than usual very much so it was a good show and it, i think he's right when it went to cbs and he got the you know kind of the big the earlier slot and the big theater it, it lost a little bit of its edge kind of like itchy and scratchy did uh, but the, like, I remember they would do stuff like they had an intern or a, someone who was a production assistant that was getting married. She was on the show every night for like two weeks. It's like, tonight I'm doing a puppet show. And she'd like have a sock on her hand and she would talk with her hand. And then they'd put up a graphic, you know, like, you know, puppeteer, minimum wage, you know, $473 for six hours. You know, and it was like, that's how they were giving her some money for her wedding and kind of making a bid out of it at the same right. time. And she would just sit there completely deadpan. like, tonight it's a puppet show, Dave. Hi, Dave. How are you? <laughs> well, this, this writer strike year was also the year that they would just go upstairs and throw things off the roof. So they yes. would, like, throw watermelons off the roof. Or they, he would pretend yeah. Zeus and he would, like, throw um, light bulbs off the roof and stuff. It was awesome. Yeah. And if anyone else out there has another uh, 80s obsession, feel free to email us. Um, the email address is podcast at sit80s.com. 
What's happening, hot stuff? Ah, by the sound of the gong, it must be time for Mystery Movie Moment. We will play a snippet of a movie from the 80s, and if you can get it right, you're entered into the drawing for some free swag. I will say this right off the bat. I know I say this every week. I know we're a little bit behind. Um, All the swag here at the Spears Lair is all boxed up right now and sitting behind me waiting for the epic move in about nine days for me. So if you were promised a trucker's hat... You have a couple weeks more to wait until I can unpack those suckers and get them out in the mail. Just uh, Brad, meanwhile, has no excuse except for the fact that yesterday was his 50th birthday. Yeah, it's Forgetful. true. Yeah, and losing his memory. You so, have no idea. Who, who are you again? <laughs> Pay attention. Here's the clip from our last show. No way I'm going to pass this exam. You might as well just chuck it. You'll pass. There isn't a student made that I can teach. A little conceited, aren't you? I'm very good. Yes, that's my tutor, which um, very, very, very few people got. As far as I can tell, only three people. Three. All dudes. I almost feel like we should give them all something, but uh, I don't think it's going to work out that way. Brad Reed, take a very short breath and read all three names. Winners this week include Jace Washington, Beaver Creek, DJ, and Clinton, Dave, Augie, August. <laughs> okay, pay attention. Here's this week's mystery clip. You're very clever, don't you? Trying to sweep the poor little widow under the carpet? Well, think again. If you know it, email us at podcast at sit80s.com and tune in next week to find out if you are a winner. Ah, the mystical refrain that is named that 80s tune. You know the drill by now. We will play a piece of a song from the 80s if you can get it right. Again, you're entered into the drawing for a piece of swag that you will probably never see. Oh, I'm just being honest. <laughs> I'm not it. being honest. Okay, it's fine. Uh, I do feel bad about this week's um, mystery clip. It was I thought it was small enough a clip and, and kind of generic enough that not everybody would get it. Freaking softball. And, Everyone got it. Um, so, so to speak, right, Brad? Softball. Oh, yeah. So to speak. Unintended. Didn't even see that. Really? Uh, here it is. Last week's uh, mystery tune. That's Your Love by The Outfield. not like this song. Do I don't even remember a couple years ago the SNL sketch that they did with this. Yes, that was amazing. Oh, so funny. That was amazing. Hey, Jen, you want to try to tackle reading all the winners? I will. Oh, yeah. I'll do it. Let's I'll have I'll Jen try. do it. Here we go. I also don't like that song. Winners include Bernie, the Dutch oven Lindemann from Sydney, Australia, Donnie Gottel, Donnie Gettle, rhymes with kettle, of course, Gabriel Daigle, Lou Sweet Lou Grilly, Stony Stitt, Aaron S. Burnaby, Heather from Tennessee, James and Indy, Nurse Marie, Billy and Paducah, Cal from Atlanta, Ed from West Seattle, Jeremy and Asheville, Greg and Cumming, Jesse Elgato Grande Smith, Dave Parrott, Anoit St. John, so sorry, B. 
Space Note, Mike in Evansville, Jason Bilski, Brock in North Dakota, Scott in New Hampshire, Rush Cress, Paul Lepresti from Medina, Ohio, Charles from Yorktown, Canuck and Cali, Joseph Beaudry? Joseph Beaudry, DJ in Clinton, Edward in El Paso, Dave Augie August, Tim from Toadsuck, Kelly in Alabama, Andrew in Cincinnati, Chad Ledoux, your main benevolent 80s overlord, Ron Raymond, a fellow Mainer, Joshua in Birmingham, 8-Bit Johnny from Detroit, and Buckeye Girl. Uh, Brad, do my favorite part of the week. Spin the wheel. Let's find out who's the winner. Mm. And it looks like it's going to land on Cal from Atlanta. You are this week's winner. Um, So, Cal, uh, email us your snail mail address and tell us. I don't know if I have any trucker's hats left, so you'd be better off asking for um, either the rubber bracelet, right, Brad? Rubber bracelet? Closer. Closer. (laughs) The rubber bracelet that says with our logo or a bottle opener. Um, Silicone. (laughs) See. Either way. Either way. Hey, did you know there's... The bottle opener is not silicone. I just wanted to clarify that. The bottle opener is aluminum. That wouldn't work too well if it were. When I was at the um, Berlin concert in Epcot Center a couple weeks ago with with a bunch of other people from the 80s cruise, one of them was still wearing the rubber band, the rubber bracelet, and swore swore that it had not been taken off once since the cruise. Ew. Um... That's dedication. Uh, Anyway, pay attention. Here's this week's mystery clip. If you know it, email us at podcast at sit80s.com and tune in next week to find out if you're a winner. Uh, We'll be right back after this commercial break. There's one meat that's more versatile than the rest. Get it out, dress it up, and take it all the town. Stay at home, just hang out and eat it, dressing down. And we're back, and we have a few minutes left. I thought it might be fun for each to share a, a moment from our about our own moms in the '80s. Um, Brad, let's start with you. Okay, so my mom is so private and so like quiet about herself that it will appall her if I'm telling stories about her in a public forum. So I'm glad she won't be listening this deep into the show. But uh, I mean, my mom. Like a lot of moms, I hope a lot of moms, I always felt like she had my back. And I thought of one really great example of how that played out when I was in high school. Um, One day I got in trouble in French class because I was talking. The uh, kid behind me, who was not feeling well, um, asked me what the assignment was because he hadn't got it. So I turned around and I told him. And the teacher said, Brad, were you talking? I said, yeah, I was giving Ricky the assignment. She's like, detention. So... I got detention, breaking the rules, and you know, as one did in the day, I had to call mom from the office to tell her I wouldn't be home right away because, you know, how else would you let them know? So I call her, and she's like, well, "What's going on?" And I tell her, and she's like, "Okay." And I went and served my detention. I walked home. Well, it turns out that my sisters were already home when this phone call happened. I got home, and they're like, "What did you tell mom?" I'm like, "What do you mean?" Like she steamed out of here like she was going to go kill somebody. 
I'm like, oh, oh well, huh, that's interesting. Well, it turns out that she is so angry at this um, basically negative reinforcement punishment that was being given out that she got walked out to the car and drove to the school. And basically we crossed, you know, by the time she got there, I was walking home. And I didn't see her there, but she basically walked into my French teacher's uh, room and just read her the riot act. Like, you don't punish people for telling you the truth and negative reinforcement doesn't work. And I don't know what you're doing in here, but if he has a detention, he should be serving school detention, not some detention you make up. And this woman did not bother me for the rest of my time in high school. It was amazing. (laughs) That's nice. Go Mrs. Rad, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, go get him. Wow. That's awesome. fantastic. Jen, Jen, what is your uh, story about moms, about your mom in the 80s? So I don't really have a story, but I just th- thinking about this, um, I was more thinking about the kind of mom my mom was. And so early in the 80s, my mom was a single mom and, you know, had to work to support us both. So she was in the hotel industry and she would work at the front desk of this hotel um, graveyard shift so that she could be home to... Um, you know, get me ready for school in the morning. And I think about that now. I'm like, oh my God, she must have been exhausted. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, but as the 80s wore on, uh, she started moving up in the ranks and got more successful and just became this like powerhouse of a um, hotel management person. I mean, she was just amazing. And I just recall, wow. you know, as I grew up, I remember her like dresses getting like, fancier kind of like when she'd get ready for work and then she started going to the dry cleaner if anybody does that anymore i have no idea but like her her clothes started you know if, if i'm picturing this sort of like scenario in my head where her clothes start increasing and they're all wrapped in the the um, plastic that comes in from the dry cleaner and they all have like shoulder pads in them and they all like, <laughs> like she just she just got so like that mom and I, I you know I don't think she wore Reeboks to work but if she you know it wouldn't surprise me I know she had Reeboks I don't know if she ever paired them with her dr- dresses on the way to work but yeah so she she was reminded me now a lot of like a working girl Tess McGill type of mom you know who just yeah starts from the bottom and is smart and, and has a lot of ambition and just keeps growing in her career. And, and, uh, yeah, so that's the kind of mom that I, I'm kind of picturing your mom as the subject of this awesome montage. Yeah, totally. You know, like you you start out at the beginning she's getting little Jen ready for school and then, you know, you're getting bigger and she's, you know, hours are getting better. I'm loving this. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's good. And then one time, one time I had to do homework and it was a reading assignment and the, and they have to do questions at the end. And one of the questions was who is a woman who you really admire? And I was so proud of my answer and I showed it to my dad and he made me change it because I had written Madonna and he made me change it to my mom. (laughs) (laughs) So I did because gosh, you can't do anything when you're 14. But anyway, yeah. I, w- I would write my mom now instead of Madonna. Well, uh, you know, hindsight and all. <laughs> so, Steve, what do you got? Yeah, so I I, I was actually kind of whiffing on memories uh, this morning. So I called my mom on the phone on the way to work, and I told her what we were going to do in the podcast. And i doing this Mother's Day show. We're going to talk about TV moms and movie moms, but we also want to kind of tell a story about our own moms. And I said, but I, I'm kind of I'm kind of blanking. I was like, can you – what do you remember, mom – uh, about being my mom in the eighties, like what thought comes to mind and boom, if she doesn't slip right into it, she's like in college, you wasted too much of my money. <laughs> she said, she goes, she has these <laughs> memories. 
in, in all fairness, she worked she worked the night shift too as a as a nurse in a nursing home to to pay my to pay my college uh, way and um. <laughs> There was a place in Gainesville, Florida, where I went to the University of Florida, called the Park, and it was a it was a bar slash um, restaurant slash in the back they had a bunch of hot tubs you could rent, and so from time, I know I know it sounds awful now, but at the time it was a popular thing to do if you were going on dates or like if you you and another couple were double dating you go have some drinks or maybe dinner at the park and then you might like rent a hot tub for a half for a half hour an hour. So I That's did that a few kind of times. Dying from this huh? <laughs> I'm just imagining hot tubs and that being a trend. But anyway, sorry, go on. I know, but That's it crazy. was it was it was a thing, and I and I told her. You know, so she was start questioning the receipts that she was getting on the credit card and stuff like that. <laughs> and I, I assured her, itemized expense report, Mister Spears. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, I assure you, Mom, that the other people paid their part. I mean, they they paid me in cash. She's like, Well, you didn't pay me in cash, so. Uh, when graduation time came in the spring of 1989, I was stupid enough, stupid enough to put them up in the hotel that was right across the street from the park. Oh, no. <laughs> so I think that pretty much has crystallized it in her head. And now, like 30 years later, nearly 30 years later, without any hesitation, you know, I wasted uh, I wasted too much of her money on pizza. Pizza, she says as well, pizza and hot tubs. So there you go. Um, That's amazing. So my but, uh, two favorite parts of that story, Steve, are one, that she was so ready with an answer for you. Um, and then the other is the fact that College Steve put her in that hotel. Like, College Steve, really? Really, College Steve? You know, <laughs> I've, as, really as I've said many done. times, us dudes are not that smart all the time. No, no. The smarts come many, many decades later. That's so funny. Anyway, um, there's something else we forgot about. Some of you who are listening to this week's show might realize it's episode 402, and you might suddenly start thinking to yourself, "Wait a minute, yeah, whatever we happened blew through to, that milestone? Yeah, you hit. We hit 400 shows, and we didn't celebrate it whatsoever. Uh, show number 400 was part two of our Terry Nunn of Berlin, Berlin interview, and the way things are these days with our lives being so crazy and so busy with with so many details that we don't want to bore you with them, we we just kind of skipped over it. But one fan out there did not skip over it. His name is Dave Dirt. And Dave Dirt recorded a special uh, kind of clip montage to celebrate um, the 400 show milestone. It's amazing. It's amazing. Oh my God. It is so good. <laughs> so, what I invite you to do, what I dare you to do, especially on this Mother's Day show, grab that slice of free pizza, settle into that mom paid hot tub, enjoy this small clip montage, and remain here hopelessly. With us, stuck in the 80s. Dude, play the music. What? Just play some music. There is no music. Dude, I don't know. Play anything. First of all, I just want to say it's an honor to be here with you tremendous 80s geeks. You're really not a nice guy. You know, I only agreed to do this whole stuck in the 80s thing with you because I thought you were a nice boy who would never do things like that to a girl at a YouTube concert. I was 16 years old. What did you expect from me? Well, I'm very disappointed in you. Dare I say, classic. Dare I say, a classic. Google it, Steve. Ah, fantastic. Kathy Wass, who truly is the coolest person in the entire universe. I was told she was. I, I was told she was cooler than you and me put together. She is. I am. Ah. 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 
Uh, Kathy, you gonna save your puppies for later? Oh yeah, I yeah. gotta. Yeah. That sounds really dirty too. <laughs> I know. You're yeah. an idiot. You're dumb. You're, you're dismissed. <laughs> Despite the fact that I'm a pig, I do not like the F word. It's a brown word. So what am I doing right now? It's weird because in college I had a mustache. <laughs> Going <laughs> the way you said that is just hilarious. I had to. Keep Did you it. call it a flavor saver? Stop, puppy! God, it's puppy. like James Gum and Sounds of the Lambs. Why don't you just tuck your <laughs> potato legs and get it up for a minute? University of Florida. How old uh, do the Steve uh, Matt? <laughs> he would have been forty-three. <laughs> <laughs> Still in college. Filled every one of my pockets with bags, Ziploc bags full of rum. She falls down at one point, you know, and smashes the remaining three bags of rum that I have in my pants. Unbelievable, Unbelievable. back then. You know what, dude? You used up all your luck in the 80s. I did. That's why you like this freaking decade so much. <laughs> I have my patented uh, move in the boudoir is the hover, in which I kind of hover. <laughs> hover above you seductively. <laughs> That'd be a good band name too, Australian Kiss Ass. You're just trying to make that's a good sex move too. To After I do the hover, I do the Australian Kiss Ass. <laughs> <laughs> I want to kill you. I just want to punch your face. <laughs> Why don't you just go ahead and play a book of the book of the book of the Oh, I just want to smash the glass in. I hate you. <laughs> Stop picturing me naked. <laughs> I have a theory about Super Trail. By the way, Steve, I gotta say that perhaps the worst pickup line in history would be, I have a theory about Super Trail. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Spears, hairy, knuckly fingers kind of descending upon you. Puppies, puppies, puppies. Puppies. Uh, wait a minute. Okay. So okay. Oh, there you go. Okay. Bullets in Madonna. Bullets. 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 Bullets in Madonna. Why? Because I'm Jeff in Cuba. And I'm Ryan. You're Leviathan Schwanz? <laughs> I like him chunky but funky. She's <laughs> too thin for me. Because when I was a young man, I dated a young woman, a beautiful young woman by the name of <laughs> Natalie Diffenbaugh. Drink, drink, drink. Yes. And Natalie, uh, one of her first seduction maneuvers might have been a hover. You mean it takes forever to stretch it over that Leviathan schwanz you have in your pants? <laughs> so tell me, am I a wiener? <laughs> Cherish that moment, Steve. <sighs> in college, I had a mustache. Lonnie. Dude, it's like ingrained in our DNA. Yahundu lakala. It is not about man love. I sent Jessica to college with my mouth. What? <laughs> Sorry, wait. <laughs> so no, 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 no. You know, it's like, in the first 30 seconds. It's boobs in the first 30 seconds, which is actually the name of my autobiography, strangely enough. That would be Wind Beneath My Thing. <laughs> oh. The Sean Daly story. Tears and tissues. Tears and tissues. The Steve Spears story. <laughs> Legend of Grey Balls. <laughs>
balls and douches. No, no, Steve no. Spears' story. The no. Stuck in the 80s podcast, which brings you gastrointestinal <laughs> distress. We actually have tiny bags of Funyuns. Yes. Thanks yes. to Brad. Um, our good friend Brad sent us, uh, sent me a giant box of uh, delicious Funyuns. Tom Jones, are you a fan of the Funyuns? I love Funyuns. Be gentle, Spearsy. It's my first time. A wing and a prayer and a free internet phone. Someone's going to have to mail you the sausage. Leave him alone. You'll make him tinkle. Right, I seemed harmless, but it uh, turns out I was a sexual predator. Harsh but fair. Hi, Steve. Hi, Steve. Steve. How's everything out there in Orlando? It's what every white boy in the suburbs wants. <laughs> He's gotten his boobies. My grandmother's doing tequila shooters with the football team. Sitting in the sun, the eating meat pies, <laughs> doing their hit song, What I Like About Drew. <laughs> damning them with faint praise. You are Ed in Springfield. I am Ed in Springfield. You son of a bitch! <laughs> a wiener. Marty Glowstick. It's um, Marty Wooverton. Uh, Marty you? Yes! Yes, that's it! We're like this! I'm gonna do all my shows in my bedroom naked. Oh, so was I not supposed to tell you that? Now it's ruined. Please, please don't tell me now. I see you. Hey, hey, what's up? a good show, Steve. <laughs> just trying to work up the courage. <laughs> I was making one last note. You just stepped right on it. Oh, no, 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 no. That doesn't exist in this universe. <laughs> No. Pain does not exist in this I dojo. I draw the line here. I am a big sucker for prison films. I love a good prison movie. So, Jen, you made out in the back row of movie theaters? Yeah, I didn't really like Short Circuit as much as my parents thought I did. <laughs> you made out during Short Number Circuit. Number five is alive. <laughs> uh, I copped a feel. Yeah, I, I copped a feel during Private Benjamin. I'm excited to put my clothes on again. That's That's the truth. I hope that was cheesy enough for you. It was certainly awkward enough. In the meantime, myself, Brad in L.A., just true. Gina Vivanetto, Kathy Wasp, Stephanie Hayes, Sean Daly, Sean Epping Daly, Eric Dagens, Steve Persaw, Carol Jansen, Marty Yu, and the rest of Stuck in the 80s Nation remain here, hopelessly stuck in the 80s. Baby like that? <laughs> <laughs>